Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. It's an exciting day for us here at First Missionary. We've got a lot of neat things going on in, in our service and just... Uh, so glad that you're here. I uh, hope that you've already been made to feel welcome. I uh, hope that you've already have experienced and felt, you know, the love of Christ. And, you know, from, from our heart to your heart, you know, if you spend time with us, if you're around us any time at all, uh, my prayer is a couple of things. Uh, for one, I hope you feel like we're real, that we're real people, that we don't put on to come to church. Uh, we don't put on a face. We just, we are who we are. And we are real because we have a, a target of knowing the Lord and of encouraging each other in the Lord. So I hope that you have experienced a, a realness, a realness with people around you already this morning. Uh, the other thing that we hope that you experience here is a sense of love, uh, just genuine, authentic love, a love for God and a love for people. And this week, it's been in my heart that we would just have what I call a white hot passion to pursue Jesus, uh, to know him, to love him, to worship him, to proclaim him. I mean, seriously, a white hot passion uh, for his person and to know him and to experience him. So uh, hopefully uh, you've sensed some of that already today. Well, this is my good friend, Andrew, Andrew Long. Uh, if you've been coming here for any time, uh, you see Andrew around. He serves uh, as the director of our safety and security here at First Missionary. And, and they see this not just as a service or a duty, but they really see this as a ministry to the body. So he's going to share something real quick with you this morning. And uh, uh, yeah, won't you do that right now? Thank you. Thank yeah, you. there you go. Well, good morning. Hope everyone is doing well. Uh, a special welcome to all of the first time visitors. We're glad to have you here. And uh, we really appreciate you. We hope you come back to visit us. As you've noticed in the past few weeks, we've been doing a spotlight on our safety and security members. And we do that because we want you all to know all the folks that are dedicating not only their time, but actually their lives in protection of those of you that are here every time the church doors are open. You know, safety has become more and more important here lately uh, over the years, and uh, we take our job very, very seriously. Um, so we could do all we can while you're here to keep you safe. However, when you leave, you're on your own. <laughs> seriously, you are. But, but. And <laughs> hey, we got your back while you're here, but when you're not here, you got your own back, right? But we do still care about your safety. And it's for that reason we have actually taken steps. We've got some brochures. This booklet here talks about emergencies and disasters that could happen. Now, here in Western Kentucky, there are not too many of them that we would actually come uh, in contact with or would come in contact to us. But there is one special emergency that could really affect us, and that is earthquakes. Uh, you all know we live very close to uh, the New Madrid Fault. 
And the scientists say that, well, 200 years ago, there was a bad earthquake and it devastated the, the, uh, the countryside and so forth. Well, they say it happens every 200 years. A major earthquake happens in this region. Well, we're in the 207th year now. So they say we are really overdue. Be it true or not, it's better to be prepared than not. So we're going to be passing these out today as you leave. There'll be someone from the Safety and Security Ministry at each door. They'll be available, one per family. There's some very good information in this, so please take one. Um, you know, whether you use it or not is up to you, but again, I say it's better to be prepared than not. So, um, Amen. thank Amen. you for that. Oh, Amen. One last thing, if you have any questions at all, you can see myself or Ken Miller, and we will be putting together, the Safety and Security Ministry is doing a AED and CPR class probably at the first of the year. So if anyone is needing their certification or recertification, please see us and we'll get that taken care of. Yeah, and so won't you stand with us? And Andrew, I'm going to get you to pray for us this morning and pray for our service. And and as you as you stand, I uh, just want to encourage you to, uh, you know, just allow the distractions of thought and heart and, and mind to, to kind of leave. And just let the Lord begin to speak into your life and to use, hopefully, us today uh, to encourage you. So, Andrew, pray for, pray for us this morning. We'll, we'll just continue in worship after that. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord. First of all, we thank you for just being here, Father. We thank you for the ability to just wake up and come to church this morning. We thank you, Lord, for this church and Brother Allen, its leadership. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy that you bestow upon us each and every day. We thank you the families that are here, Father God, that are represented here. We thank you for those. We lift them up. And, Father, more importantly, we thank of those families that couldn't make it this morning, Father, for whatever reason. I pray and lift them up to you also, Father. Be with Brother Allen this morning, Father, as he brings your word. May you anoint him, Father, so that all of his words are your words. We pray for all the families once again, Father. We love you and we need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to start with a brand new song this morning. Is that okay with y'all? It's a good one. We are really excited about it. It's called Now I See. And it reminds me of all the times in the Gospels that Jesus heals the blind. And then a lot of times you'll see where right after the person is healed, um, the first thing that's really cool is that think about the first thing you ever see when you open your eyes is the face of Jesus. That's pretty neat. But think about their response immediately after they're healed is almost always to go and worship. They can't contain themselves. So consider yourself healed this morning because you are. You once were blind. And now you can see. So our most natural response is to worship. Amen. All right. Sing with us. darkness I was and cut off from I couldn't see his love for me
this morning. You're so good all the time. And you're worthy of our praise and our adoration. Right now, Father, we recognize that there's probably some things that you want to say to some of us. So we make space for you. We're here for you, Lord. We're here for you, Lord. Speak to us in this place, whether it's now in worship, if it's later in the message, if it's in the parking lot, Father, we we don't want to come and go through the motions. We're here to hear from you. We're here to spend time with you. So focus us in, Father, on Christ alone. hope of glory this morning.
Amen. Amen. May be seated. Let's prepare ourselves now for receive our offering as our ushers come forward this morning. I'm reminded this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Wow. As I said last week, this ought to be an exciting place. We come and we praise and glorify and honor our Lord and Savior who is so worthy. He's so worthy. As we take these tithes and offerings this morning, I just pray the Lord would take it and use it as only he can, as only he sees fit, and he'll multiply it as only he can. I pray for both the gift and the giver this morning. It's a privilege and an honor to be able to give back a portion of what the Lord has blessed us with. Never take that lightly. Never take our time here lightly. And if Alan comes in just a moment and brings the message, just pray that you would be with him and give him the strength that he needs to deliver the message you've laid upon his heart. And then for this congregation this morning, it's a new congregation, never been the same congregation before. And I can't help but believe and think that there's needs here today. So, Lord, you know what they are. We don't have to know, but you do. So, Lord, you just take and touch, heal, change, save, do whatever you need to do today. And we'll give you all the honor and the glory. In your name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today because He's good. He's worthy of all our affection, all the worship that we could uh, just pour out upon Him today. He's just so worthy of everything we could give Him today. Well, today we're going to continue in a message series we began several weeks ago uh, that we entitled All Things to All People. Uh, this message series comes from uh, the very heart of the Apostle Paul himself. Uh, which was actually mirrored, let me back up, his life mirrored the life of Christ. And so this is really the, the heart of Christ for people, to, to be all things to all people. Paul said, to the weak I became weak, uh, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, that I may by all means save some. And we're reminded that Christ changed. He stepped out of heaven, stepped out of glory. He came here. He walked amongst us. He encountered people of all experiences and backgrounds and walks of life. And he just met people where they were. Uh, he was truly all things to all people. This is a message series about really loving people, about recognizing the fact that we're all on different parts and we're in different places of, of this journey. And, and God wants to use us to come alongside other people and to actually help them to reach 
their destination. We're coming back to Romans chapter 14 today in a very, very special section of Scripture that acknowledges and recognizes that you're different, that you're unique from other people around you. And you may have strong opinions, strong convictions about certain things in your walk with God. And you may not share the same opinions or strong convictions about things that other people have. They may feel very differently about things. And what's interesting is throughout the course of your life and throughout the course of your walk with the Lord, you might actually even change by revelation of His heart in your life. You come to know the truth, the truth setting you free. In your freedom, you might begin to experience the Lord do things differently in your life, see things differently in your life. And we've talked in this series about a host of different issues. But then when you look over at another brother or sister, and they're not in the same place, doesn't mean you're better, doesn't mean they're less. It only means you're in different places. Paul tells us, don't judge that brother or sister and don't look upon them or down at them with contempt but be patient and loving and encouraging to them in Romans chapter 14 we come back to where we left off last week and he says in verse 13 he says therefore let us not judge one another anymore but rather determine this. But rather determine this. And there's two. It's actually three words. One's a, a joint word. But let us rather determine this. Not to put. There we go. An obstacle. Just say that word with me. Okay. Just so we're all on the same page. Not to put a, an obstacle. Or a what? Stumbling block. In a brother's way. He says, I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. But to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it's unclean. For if because of food your brother is hurt, you're no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food. Him for whom Christ died. Again, context. There were folks in the body of Christ who had come out of a background and a heritage and a tradition that said there are certain foods to abstain from because those foods are unclean. Now in the body of Christ, they don't have to continue to follow those dietary restrictions and religious regulations in regard to food. But they have a hard time taking that step out. They have a hard time moving away from that. So they still have a very strong conviction or opinion about that. And they would not want to do anything to dishonor the Lord in their life. But then you have another group, like a Gentile background. And they don't understand the dietary restrictions. They don't think it's an issue. So they can freely eat, but sometimes their influence could affect somebody else who doesn't feel the same way, to do the same thing, but then their, their conscience becomes defiled. 
in doing that. So Paul would say, listen, in our freedom, we are to love one another and to respect one another no matter where our brothers and sisters are. And if my freedom would cause a brother or sister who hasn't come to that knowledge yet, if me eating or my eating would cause them to stumble, then Paul says, hey, I'll, I'll never eat meat again. Because love trumps liberty. But then liberty is experienced at a whole new level because Paul can say, yeah, I'm free to, but I'm also, I'm free not to. I'm free not to until my brother or sister comes to the same knowledge. So he says in, in verse 15 again, For if because of food your brother is hurt, you're no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died to die. Today there might be a host of different issues. And we've talked about a lot of different issues the church has wrestled with or struggled with, social issues, um, some consider moral issues. We've talked about a host of those in this series. Verse 16, Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Father, as we come to this text today, and as we come to this time in our time together, I pray that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and our instructor this morning. I pray, Father, that you would take these frail human words and, and speak life to your people through them, Lord. I pray, God, that your Spirit would have something unique and special for each person who is here today. And Father, I pray that uh, you'd speak that clearly into their hearts and to their minds. So Father, we give you our heart. We give you our attention. Uh, we give you this time for you to speak fresh into our lives. Father, might we have a heart to be all things to all people for what you want to do and bringing them to their destination. We give you this time in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, I use family vacation quite a bit um, when it comes to sermon illustrations because actually some of the best sermon and message illustrations have come out of my family vacations and our family vacation experiences. Uh, some I can freely share right here. Some I would just rather not share right here. But there's always, it's always interesting when we go on family vacation. And unequivocally, I, I always have to drive for the most part. Now, sometimes I'll get tired and let Emily drive. Uh, but for the most part, I drive. And despite the rumors that go around, uh, I really am a safe driver. Uh, in fact... In fact, I am, in fact, I am overly cautious and uh, typically drive well under the speed limit. And, 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 my wife's, and my wife says I wear my pants too high, but I don't know what that has to do with driving, okay? That just came to mind. I just said that, all right? 
But anyway, on this particular family vacation, we're heading to the beach, and we're going down. A, I always like to find the shortcuts, the quickest ways, you know. And I'm going down this country road. And at this point, it's probably 10 or 11 o'clock, and everybody in my car is sound asleep. And I'm just, I'm just driving down the road again, just being overly cautious, you know, probably driving well under the speed limit. And these guys in this pickup truck come right up behind me. And I mean, they sit right on my bumper. And their lights on bright. So I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I just need to do the courteous thing here. And I need to slow down. And I'll just let these folks drive on by me, right? So I slow down. And they drive on by me. And I let them get ahead of me. Well, the next thing you know, they slow down. And I'm coming up right behind them. Now, my lights are not on bright, but I'm coming up right behind them. And they're just like sitting there in the road going really, really slow. So I'm sitting there going, okay, uh, golly, what in the world? They're, they're, what are they doing? So then I decided, well, I'm going to have to speed up and I'm going to go around these folks and get ahead of them. So I speed up and I get around them and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm accelerating. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get plenty of distance between me and them. And I get way down the road. Well, they speed up. And they speed up right behind me. And their lights are still on bright. And I'm sitting there going, oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know, now this is a, this is a competition. And so they speed up. They, they, they come by me and, uh, and, and they pass me. So then I speed up again, and, and I get by them and get in front of them. And again, driving, you know, overly cautious and, and really slow at this point in time. I'm telling you, this is like Talladega going down this country back road right now. You know, everybody in my car is still over there. They're dead asleep. And I, I mean, I am like this. I am white knuckling the steering wheel. You know, I am Tony Stewart. You know, man, here we go. And I get by them, and I get in front of them, and their lights are still on bright. And, and I do this little thing, and uh, I, I don't know if this is inspired by Jesus or the devil, I'll let you decide. But anyway, I do this little thing, and, and I decide to flare out my mirrors. Anybody else ever done that? I'm sorry. <laughs> So I flare out the mirrors on, on the car. And, and, and the reason I do that is just so they can see what I've been seeing for about a mile down the road. Well, as soon as I flared those mirrors out, they start flashing their lights on and off, bright lighting me. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, game on again. So at this point in time, I mean, we are... It, we are going down this road side beside two country boys. I won't call them rednecks. You thought it. I didn't. They're driving right beside me. And I am just this way going down the road. Boom, and then all of a sudden, my car comes to life. They wake up. And guess who the enemy is? Guess who the one is who doesn't know how to drive? Guess who the one is crazy and is going to, you know, guess who that person is? Well, they just start coming down on me. I can't believe you're driving this way. I can't believe you're doing that. Well, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got your all this stuff. I'm going, you have no idea. 
what I've been going through for the last 30 minutes. And all this time that this is happening, I completely forget about where I'm going. Because of the interference that happens on the way there. This text today is about one of two things. It's either about interference that you and I can actually cause in the life of somebody else or it's encouragement that we can offer to someone else on that on their way to where they're going. Paul uses two terms in this text. He first of all says, let's not judge or look upon our brothers and sisters with contempt anymore. Especially over issues, issues that are non-essentials. The church has historically divided and fought over non-essential issues to the gospel. It takes, a, a, it takes a, a really determined heart, spirit, leadership, and body to keep the main thing the main thing. To say that we are going to be about the main things of the gospel, we are going to be about the essentials of the gospel, there is where we will call for unity. But in the non-essentials, we will allow liberty. But in all things, we will expect love. In all things. No matter where you are, what position is, how you feel about something theologically, socially, whatever it may be. We are to never take a posture in regards to our differences. With anything that does not speak love. We can disagree. But we can do that. And still show love to people. So Paul says. No more judging. For people who are different. On this road. And then he says this. Let us determine. Let's make a determination. That we will not be an obstacle, verse 13, we will not be an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. It's really interesting that these, these two terms are traveling terms. They're traveling terms. There's an old proverb that says, never to put an obstacle in the path of a blind man. It's actually cruel to do that. But from a spiritual metaphor standpoint, Paul says, let us resolve not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. Again, these are traveling terms. And one would immediately come alongside and say, yeah, we, we don't want a brother or a sister to stumble or fall because of our influence. Because of how we're acting 
on the road. We want them to be focused on the destination. So, so it's not just about, hey, we don't want somebody to, to, to fall or run off the ditch. That's the negative application of not being an obstacle or a stumbling block. But the positive side of this application is this. Instead of not wanting or desiring a brother or sister to fall because of our influence or our effect upon their lives, we desire that we have such a, a positive influence that we actually help them to get where they're going. You can see that same thing very differently. I don't want a brother or sister in Christ to fall or to do something that would wound their conscience regardless of the issue. But I really want the manner of my life on the road with them to be of such that it actually helps them to get to where they're going. So here's the question. Where are you going? Do you have a sense today in your life about where God, about where God is trying to take you? And what if I suggested to you today that we're all going to the same place? And I know that some of you will immediately think in context of heaven. That's not what Paul's talking about. Yeah, ultimately, we hope to arrive there. But in this life, where you are today, in this life, where are you going? Where are you going spiritually? I think we have to turn to the book of Ephesians to get a sense of this. And in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul speaks of our lives and the things about us impacting the lives of other people. Now, there's some things that are implied in the text leading up to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll look at verses 13 through 16. There are some things that are implied in this. One thing that is implied. Is that we are developing and growing in relationships in the body of Christ. It's implied that we are aware. We are sensitive to our brothers and our sisters around us. So, so we have to be growing and developing relationships around us in the body of Christ. If we're going to know where people are and how we could either hinder them or help them. It's also implied in the text that we are to care about and love the people around us. To genuinely Desired that they get to where they are going. It's also applied in this text by our influence and by our lives. That the manner in which I live my life. It makes a difference. 
And you can't make a difference without relationships. But where are we going? Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this, beginning in verse 13. This is in the context of spiritual gifts. And he's talking about how spiritual gifts are used in the body of Christ to build up or to encourage others in the body. And there's about three or four different places in Scripture that you can find spiritual gifts. We even do an inventory online that helps people to get in the ballpark of their spiritual gifts so they can know what their spiritual strengths are and then how they can be used in the body of Christ. And I would dare say that there could be some people who live their entire Christian life, but yet they never have a sense of what their spiritual gift is or their giftings are. I've heard some people even say, almost in a self-deprecating kind of way, I don't have any gifts. There's nothing special about me. And it's a false humility. Because if, if you're in the body of Christ, the Spirit has gifted you, and there is something special about you. But the way that God uses the gifts through you is different than anybody else. For example, I hope and I pray that I have the gift of exhortation or teaching. If, if I don't, I don't have any business being up, up here today. But how God expresses that through me, the unique version that I am, is very different than the way that, that if you have the gift of, of exhortation, the way it might look in your life. And if you have the gift of mercy, and the way the Spirit mercies through you, might look very different than the way the Spirit mercies through you over here. Or you have the gift of encouragement. And the way that you encourage people, empowered by the Spirit, looks different than the way that you use your gift of encouragement when it's empowered by the same Spirit. It's a very unique thing the Spirit does in and through our lives. And He gives to us gifts for the building up and the encouragement of the body of Christ. To what end though? Where are we going? Verse 13. He says, until we all, we're all going to the same place. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, uh, excuse me, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to, watch this in the text, I highlight it there so you can see it easily, we are to grow up in all aspects into Him who is the head, that is, or even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes... Causes what? Causes the growth of the body 
for the building up of itself in love. There's at least three things that are identified in this text that speak of our destination, where we are going. Up to this point in this message series, we've talked about how we're free to love, how love trumps liberty, but then in love, liberty goes to a whole new place. We talked about how we're free to change. We're free to change, to be flexible, to adapt to people where they are, to meet them at the point of their need, to be for them what they need for us to be at that point in time. We are free not to judge. There's one who you ultimately answer to, and it's, it's not me. We're free not to judge. We're free not to be fruit inspectors. We're also free not to be judged. Which means that if the body of Christ should be anything, it should be a safe place for people to grow. For people to deal with their stuff and deal with their issues, their theological challenges and ideas, morally, spiritually, whatever it might be, the body of Christ, without compromise of conviction, is to be a safe place. Where you can wrestle with things. And for you to say, you know what, theologically I arrive here. And you over here, you wrestle and you say, theologically I arrive here. But then the two of us, as Isaiah says, we come to let us reason together. To search out the truth of God's heart. We're free not to be judged. So that we can grow. Reach our destination. And we're free. To get there. We are free to reach our destination. By other people coming alongside of us. And helping us. To get there. So the three things that are identified in this text. About all of us. Attaining to the unity of the, faith, of the faith in verse 13. This is probably, we'll put that back on the screen, verse 13. This is probably a difficult one for us to, to come to terms with. Because we don't understand the context of what it was like for Jewish people and Gentile people to come together in the body of Christ. Jewish people to have their her heritage, their traditions, their background, the regulations of the law to come to the body of Christ. And then Gentile people, Greek people, who don't have those types of regulations and backgrounds and traditions, they have their own different stuff that they deal with. They come together in the body of Christ. We, we probably have no idea. What we would probably do today is just say, well, you should have your first Jewish Christian church over here and your first Gentile Christian church over there and just agree to live separately. God says, I ain't having it. Because part of the reflection of who I am is my ability to bring different people together and reveal my glory through their lives. And there is something about my heart that is expressed when I bring people from different or difficult backgrounds together. And they love Jesus to the core. There is something about that. So unity of the faith and being able to come together and focus on the main things. 
the main thing is what? The main thing is to keep the main thing to what? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It takes a determination. It takes a strong leadership. It takes a special body. It takes a unique effort not to allow us to get sidetracked with secondary issues in the body of Christ. But to stay focused on the main main thing so that we can arrive at the unity of the faith. The next part is this. He speaks of all of us growing and having a knowledge of the Son of God, Jesus. Growing in closeness and intimacy with Christ. The word here for knowledge doesn't just mean having a head knowledge, like an educational knowledge, just being able to know facts about Jesus. But actually knowing him as a friend, as a close companion, experiencing him in his life. I would dare say today that when you came in, you probably decided to sit by somebody you know. Somebody you're comfortable with. Somebody you know. Now, we may have some folks here. You came by yourself. I'm so glad you're here. I hope that you've been made to feel welcome and not alone today. But a lot of us, when we go to a place, we sit down and we look for people that we know. And these are not just people we know things about. Now, I can say to you, hey, do you know things about, say, a certain celebrity? Or professional athlete, I can say, hey, do you know things about Tom Brady? Who, who knows Tom Brady? And people say, I know who Tom Brady is. Quarterback, New England Patriots. Too many Super Bowls that he's won. Can I get an amen? Married to a supermodel. I know about him. I can tell you things about him. I could perhaps even read his biography. I can recite facts, but it doesn't mean I know him. Paul's talking about a knowledge of the Son of God that is a knowledge of acquaintance and intimacy and closeness. We are all on a road and a path of pursuing Jesus. Jesus. Knowing the heart of Jesus. Isn't it surprising? Maybe you've ever had an experience where you, maybe you were in a class with a group of people and in the class, maybe you talked about everything. But Jesus. Might have even been at church. Been in a worship service. You saw some people and and in your conversation, you talk about everything. But Jesus. Or maybe in the class, you talk about Jesus, but then as soon as the class is over, it's like nobody knows how to talk about Jesus. Because you're so conditioned to only talk about him in certain certain settings. This is Christ as life. Not as a Sunday morning experience or just a religious idea. This is Christ as life. Paul wants us. He says to know from God's heart to to grow in the knowledge of the Son of God. To a mature man. To a mature person. This doesn't speak of age. Although we would hope that the longer you spend your life pursuing Jesus. We would hope that as you get older in that pursuit. You're going to know him more. But don't assume that just because someone 
is a Christian or has even been in church for a long time, don't assume that because of their age, they know Christ intimately. They may not. And don't assume that just because someone's young, that they don't know him. They might be very, 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 very much acquainted with him and his ways. And guess what? There might be something we all could learn. Even from them. I said for years that, you know, I hope that one day, not necessarily like in life as a, as a person in, in my age or anything, I said, I hope that one day that in my growth with Christ, that I'll be like the, the, the older man that sits on the front porch and, and he watches everybody go by and they are living crazy lives. They're, they're, it's frenetic. It's fast-paced. They're here. They're there. And then when it all goes to pot, they look to the old man on the porch because there's something they feel like that they can gain from him in wisdom and understanding that can speak into their craziness or chaotic life. Growing to a mature person in Christ. Now a lot of you today, this is what you're thinking, okay? This is what you're thinking. You're thinking about yourself. And that's okay. But in a culture that is naturally narcissistic, and demands a rugged individualism. The church is counterculture on this point. Because Paul's heart in this is not for you just to be consumed about where you're going. But his heart is for you to care about where everybody else is going. For you to look around the people that you're with today. And to genuinely care about where they are on this journey. And that God can use you. The manner of which you live your life. The manner of which you drive on the road. And how you interact on the road. Has an influence. On how they drive. And on whether they can stay focused on their destination. Or whether you're just a big distraction in their life in their pursuit of Jesus. When you get to the bottom of this section, he talks about us no longer being children, he talks about us speaking the truth in love, growing up in all aspects into Him who's the head, even Christ. And then he sums it all up when talking about each and every part coming together and in their proper working together. Each individual part, in verse 16, causes this. The growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And, and I want to tell you something today that I think is really, really important. You cannot... Have the impact God would like to have through you. Your life cannot have the impact God would like to have through you if you're only loosely connected to the body.
You know, one of my favorite things that I love to do is spend time with my kids. I would, I would almost give up anything to spend time with my kids, my wife. Because I want God to use my life to point them to his heart. I cannot be that for them in their lives if I'm loosely connected. It requires a commitment of heart. It requires a commitment of time. I can't do that if I'm loosely connected to their lives. And I cannot have, and God cannot through me, impact the body if we're loosely connected. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.